Welcome back to Something Ominous. This is your host, Jessica, and Karina's not here with me today. So, yes, this episode is going to be a little different, but I promise you it's still going to be a little bit of fun. I will try to do my best to keep it entertaining, even though I don't have my cousin with me. She has a very busy life. She wasn't able to attend this recording, but it's okay because she'll be back next week. We promise. Also, because I'm recording at my house and not Karina's, um, you may hear cats in the background and a dog barking. My house is not the quietest due to my cute little pets, so I'm sorry for that. So I hope I do well in this episode. I will go ahead and get started. I don't want to drag the intro. I do want to start off with the listener's warning. This episode does include explicit content and sexual assault. So if it's something that you're not comfortable with, you're more than welcome to skip this episode and we will see you on the next one. Today, I'll be covering the case of Magdalena Solis. She's best known as the High Priestess of Blood. 14-year-old Sebastián Guerrero is frantic and out of breath after running for 15 miles to the nearest police station. He runs into the station to report a crime he witnessed under the caves located in a small village of Yerbabuena, San Luis Potosí. He was trying to get his words out to explain to the officers that he witnessed a group of people drinking blood like vampires. Initially, when Sebastián walked in to report what he witnessed, he was in a state of shock. He struggled to give many details other than a murder being committed and the group of people drinking blood. The officers dismissed him and laughed it off, but one of them got curious. The following day, Luis Martinez, a police investigator, agrees to follow Sebastián to the area to investigate what he saw. Sebastián and Luis were never seen again. Yerbabuena San Luis Potosí is a small, isolated village. It's more like a community of farmers involving a total of around 20 families. So, pretty small, everyone knows each other around here. There were no schools, no church, no police station. The nearest one was 15 miles away. The community lived off of their crops and whatever little money they earned from their crop sales. Even though the village didn't have many resources, they did live a peaceful, crime-free life. In 1962, Santos and Cayetano Hernandez, two brothers traveling through Mexico, arrived to the village of Yerbabuena. The brothers claimed to be of Inca gods. They told the villagers that they were prophets and were sent by the Inca. The Inca civilization, which flourished in ancient Peru from the 13th to 16th century, had a complex religious belief system that included all gods. The Inca believed in a hierarchy structure with the god Virococha at the top. Virococha was considered the supreme god responsible for the creation of the universe, earth, and humanity. The Inca also admired Pachamama, the earth goddess, who was associated with fertility and agriculture. Rituals and ceremonies were an integral part of the Inca religious practices, with offerings, sacrifices, and festivals dedicated to appeasing the gods and ensuring the well-being of the empire. The Inca believed in mutual exchange with the divine, where offerings and rituals were seen as a way to maintain harmony between the spiritual and earthly realms. So the brothers used some sort of hand trick to convince the villagers that they had supernatural powers and that if they obeyed and followed directions, the Inca gods would guide them to hidden gold under the caves. 
they promised the Incas would return to gain control of their stolen land in Mexico. What the villagers didn't know was that the brothers were known scammers that were running from police and most likely settled in the village because it was so isolated. The Hernandez brothers also took advantage of the fact that the villagers lacked education and maybe even the brothers lacked some education themselves because the Inca wasn't part of Mexico history. Like I said earlier, it originated in Peru. The brothers Santos and Cayetano start to do these strange rituals. Inside the caves, they would perform animal sacrifices using cannabis-laced incense smoke. Things started to change in the village, and they were now in a sect. The brothers started requesting sexual favors from both women and men. They started to consume drugs and have orgies. After a while, some of the people in the village started to become very impatient. I mean, you're following everything these two men are telling you to do and don't see any signs of the Incas or the gold that was promised. So the brothers come up with a plan and they head to Monterrey in a search of a prostitute. Now, I'm not sure why Monterrey, because I looked at the map and Guanajuato is actually a lot closer than Monterrey. They end up finding an 18 year old Magdalena and her brother Eliazar, who both agreed to join the sect. So here's a little background on Magdalena. So Magdalena and her brother come from a very dysfunctional family. Being low income, she began to prostitute at a very young age along with her brother Eliasar, who was her pimp. Very brotherly. So acting like they were doing magic to summon the Aztec earth goddess Cuatriquil, they created a smoke screen and had Magdalena and her brother walk through it. The villagers believe that everything they've done was finally working. Nobody expected for Magdalena to go full force in her role. She started to really believe she was the reincarnation of the goddess and started to take full control of the sect. This was very dangerous because she started to develop theological psychosis. She was already religious and started to suffer from religious delusions and grandiosity. Under Magdalena's control, they started to follow Aztec mythology instead. So the rituals started to become a little darker and wanted to incorporate blood rituals. Two of the followers from the village started to get fed up with this. They were tired of all the sexual abuse they endured and started to question everything. They wanted out and started to voice it to the others in the village. Word got back to Magdalena and because they were no longer believers and started to fall out, she ordered the villagers to lynch them. She became more violent after this. Anyone who no longer obeyed her would be beaten, cut up into pieces, and burned. Human sacrifices and blood rituals were now incorporated with the orgies. When one of the members was murdered, they would let the body bleed out. The blood was then collected and placed in a chalice mixed with chicken blood and narcotics like marijuana and peyote, and they would all drink from this. Which, if you didn't know... Peyote is a cactus that contains psychoactive alkaloids mainly found in southern parts of Texas and in Mexico. This cactus, considered a drug, is banned in the United States and it's illegal to grow or have unless it's used for religious ceremonies conducted by Native Americans. Peyote alters your perception, mood, and behavior. It's used for spiritual reasons by altering your consciousness, similar to how mushrooms are used for spiritual or shamanic purposes. So the members being under peyote... The leaders of the sect had full control of the villagers and promised that drinking the blood would give them immortality and a youthful appearance. 
It kept getting crazier and crazier and crazier as I read on this case because now she wanted to incorporate the Aztec rituals, right? Like I mentioned earlier. And if you've heard our previous episodes, they do drink blood, which they're doing already. But I do slightly cover this on episode four, where Aztecs would cut out their victim's heart while they were still alive. And this is what she wanted her followers to do. Remember, anybody that disobeyed her would get killed. And this is what they were doing. Now, the rituals under her control lasted around six weeks. This is the ritual that 14-year-old Sebastián saw when he got curious about some unusual noises and lights coming from the caves. He went to investigate and witness one of these rituals. Someone was being murdered. Their heart was being ripped out while the group drank the blood. When Sebastián and Luis didn't return and days went by without hearing anything from them, the police then took the report serious. They did some investigation and found out that there really was a satanic sect. On May 31st, 1963, the police, together with the army, conducted an operation in Yerbabuena. They find Magdalena and her brother Eliazar hiding in a farm and arrest them. A shootout starts between Santos Hernandez and police, killing Santos. His brother Cayetano was later found dead by police. He was murdered by one of the followers who believed that if he owned part of the body of a high priest, because Cayetano was considered a high priest, you know, he said he was an Inca god, it'll protect him from the police. So he murdered him, drank his blood, and that was like consuming or having part of his body. Sebastián and Luis were found near the farm where Magdalena was arrested. Sadly, they were both found dead with evidence of their heart being ripped out. With them, they found the dismembered bodies of six others. Magdalena and Eliazar were sentenced to 50 years in prison and charged only for the murders of Sebastián and Luis. Their participation for the other six murders could not be verified. Many of the members were killed during the shootout when they all ran into the caves for protection. Those who survived were arrested and sentenced to 30 years in prison for the six dismembered bodies found. I'm not sure why they were able to charge these murders to them and not to the Solis brother, sister, but they were given a lesser sentence due to the fact that they lacked education. They say that years later, some of the members of the sect talked about what they endured being part of this cult. They also say that they believe there was more than six murders. They think that it was a total of 15, even more than that. Now, this case is from the 60s and it was very hard to find accurate information. I went based on articles that had similarities or like, let's just say there's two articles and they say the same thing, but there was a few things here and there that weren't the same and I couldn't verify them anywhere else. I was also looking for these interviews of the members, but there was nowhere to be found. Even Magdalena's picture, there were like two completely different women under the high priestess of blood. So one article had a picture of one woman and another article had a picture of the other woman. I couldn't find any pictures of her brother or even the Hernandez brothers because the case is so old. But that is my case of the High Priestess of Blood. I hope you enjoyed or not enjoyed, but I hope you found this case somewhat crazy or interesting because... I don't know. I don't even want to say interesting, 
But I just hope you got a shocker from this case, maybe. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Something Ominous Podcast, TikTok at Something Ominous, YouTube Something Ominous, and send us all of your encounters. It doesn't matter if it's a positive or a negative or a dream or anything. Just send them to us. Even recommendations. And the email is somethingominouspod at gmail.com. So, see you next week. Bye.